Like, yeah, that's really scary. That is really scary. Something else. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Most that may be scary is finding out you may have cancer. What? Or HPV if you're a woman. What? What? Oh. So, and oh, okay. come on, Stanley. You knew this was coming. Yeah, it was just um, a weird transition. No, I actually thought it was no. a good one. Well, it is scary to find out you it, have cancer. No, that's, that's very scary. And January happens to be Cervical Cancer Health month itself right and this is something that affects women and <coughs> it's and and i think that a lot of women are just not being made aware of how detrimental this can be and also how preventable um it, it can be in a, in, a, in a number of ways so as i mentioned at the beginning of the show we have two very special guests and friends of the show who are on the line right now with us to talk to us about cervical cancer we have kawanza billy and dr michelle a prigo they are both the chapter leaders of the National Cervical Cancer Coalition in New, in New York City. And they're here to talk about that with us. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So we, if you've been following the show for years, and we appreciate those who have, you know that we've, you know, for the last two or three years now, we've been talking about this um, every January. And I wanted to ask um, Kwanza and, uh, Doc- and Dr. Prigo, why is it so important? And why do you guys sort of go on these media rounds talking about the, this issue? Well, it, it's so important because uh, cervical cancer is 100% preventable. And we say that because we have excellent screening tools that are available with the PAP test and the HPV DNA test. And it's all about getting women to go to the doctor and to get these tests. And if you get these tests and you keep up on your cervical health, then someday we can eradicate cervical cancer with the PAP test and the HPV DNA test and also with vaccinating women and men who are younger and are not eligible for the test, but they are being exposed to the virus that causes cervical cancer. So how exactly does this happen, and what's the connection between cervical cancer and HPV? So HPV is a virus, and it's transmitted through intimate activity. So often you hear that it's transmitted through sexual contact, and that's true, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. You do not have to have intercourse to be exposed to HPV. So, So often we say, oh, but I'm being safe. I didn't actually, quote, unquote, go all the way. So I'm, I haven't been exposed, and that's not, that's not how you uh, keep yourself safe from HPV. HPV lives on the skin of the genital tract. So it's just about the proximity of uh, genitalia that increases your exposure to the virus. And why exposure to the virus is so important for uh, getting cervical cancer is that when, the vi- when you have a viral infection and it's not treated, and the infection persists, then the infection uh, basically eats away at the healthy tissue of the genital tract. So in women, it would be your cervix and the interior lining of your vagina. And in men, um, it could be in the inside of the penis or the inside of the anal cavity as you're having anal sex. Oh. And, yeah, so it isn't just about women. You know, we so often focus about women because only women have services, but HPV affects men and women. So, so when the infection goes untreated, then more and more tissue is damaged, and then that's when you get the onset of cancer. So the advantage of having your PAP test and your HPV DNA test and the regularly scheduled interviews that are set out by the American College of Gynecology and the American Cancer Society, then 
you're keeping up on your on your health, and if an infection is detected, then the infection can be treated long before it persists and gets the cancer. So. You know, we're squirming over here in the studio just listening to some of these facts. To say the least. Right, to, to say the least, especially Stanley. All right, you know what? Um, <laughs> no, you were. Let's just be honest. It goes into your, your thing thing. What? Your penis. It yes, goes, well, yes, you can say penis. Oh, you can? Um, in this context. I see. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the things that I think really resonate, especially for young people who say like, oh, you know, well, we're avoiding STDs. Uh, my partner and I, we're avoiding STDs. Um by you know not having a genital and um excuse me viral and um excuse me just um just intercourse the traditional way but like you're saying you can just have genital contact and it can still spread that way what is it and um i'll, I'll throw this question towards you kwanza but what is the best way that you would say to educate young people and even adults who are not aware of of how this spreads and how it can be prevented uh, good morning. I'm sorry. I have a, a little bit of a cold. But to answer um, your question, um, what we're doing um, in the best way to educate is uh, to, um, like we're doing, media circuits. We're looking to get in contact with parents. We do pop-up edu- educational events in salons. It's really to make the information accessible. Um, we're also working on legislation um uh, to promote the vaccination and at least the conversations amongst um, school nurses and such, because they're looking at it as the, as we say, say year after year, the cootie cancer. Um, and um, some parents are worried that the vaccine will actually um, encourage their children to be um, sexually active, where we are um, letting them know it's not about the, the sex or the heavy petting or uh, that part of HPV or cervical cancer is the prevention of cancer. We're talking about cancer, not the sex. Um, so the best way is to educate yourself about the vaccine. Um, if you um, are sexually active, to go make sure you're getting um, your screenings. And more recently, um, we've discovered that uh, where women were going to get these annually, and Michelle, you can correct me if I'm misquoting the information, but if you were going to get your HPV test and uh, pap smears annually, now insurance only covers it every three years. So there is a higher sense of urgency to make sure you're um, going for your women's wellness um, test every year. So you you are getting your test every three years um, as a CDC um, recommend. What, so, yep. What always baffles me is the pushback that a lot of parents um, give when it comes to vaccinating their children to prevent them from having a virus or disease, or in this case, cervical cancer. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, I, you know, I'm not a parent myself, you know, not yet, knock on wood. But I mean, I just think it just makes so much sense to say that eventually your child is going to have sex, right? Don't you, you know, you probably want grandkids. Why not make sure it can happen in the safest way possible? And I mean, if you're vaccinating your child at what, before they're, you know, before they're five or six years old, how do they even know? That this is what they're being vaccinated You're for. You're using logic, Selena. That doesn't work. No, here. I mean, I mean. So you know, can you guys help make sense of that for me? Sure. So the so two things. The the CDC um, and the FDA have agreed that the the screen the uh, the vaccination age for uh, men and women, or in this case, we say boys and girls, 
is ages 9 to 26. And we say that that's the age range because that's when you're most likely to be exposed because that's when you're most likely to have multiple partners, um, you know, through your late teens and into your early 20s. And often parents are reluctant to administer the vaccine along with all the other vaccines, such as like measles and mumps, et cetera, um, because of the way that it is passed from partner to partner. And then it's framed as HPD is sexually transmitted, and then we have HPD vaccine, and you're, you have a parent out there who's saying, oh, well, my 9-year-old, I don't want to think about them having sex, or my 15-year-old, I don't want to think about them having sex, and therefore I don't want to go out and get them vaccinated. Now, the misnomer with that, as Kwanzaa pointed out, is that it's a cancer vaccine, not a vaccine about sexually transmitted uh, infections. And it's really about... Uh, protecting your loved one's health, just as you would with measles or mumps, those are also contagious. If I have the measles and I come over to your house and, let's say, we make out on the couch, then I've just increased your risk of getting the measles if you haven't been vaccinated. And so it, it follows the same logic that with HPV is that it's just another infection. It's just another, you know, creepy little germ that you can pass from person to person. And when we really switch it from talk about a sexually transmitted infection and we move it to the cancer conversation, I think that more and more, even if parents are still reluctant, uh, healthcare providers are more and more likely to push for it because they do see the benefits of a cancer vaccine. Right. Please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with your organization and both of you women personally if they have further questions or, um, or want some more information? Sure. So our national website is NCCC, that's National Cervical Cancer Coalition-Online.org. And there's a plethora of information on there. Um, our parent organization is the American Sexual Health Organization. And so in addition to information about cervical cancer, you can also find information about many other um, questions you may have about sexual health in general. And for contacting myself or Kwanzaa specifically, um, our email addresses are, um, for Kwanzaa's, it's kbilly at ncc-online.org. And for myself, it's Michelle A. Trigo at uh, ncc-online.org. And we encourage everyone to get more information, to make their wellness appointment, to get their pap smear, to get their HPV DNA test. It's the doctor thinks it's appropriate because it's a life-saving test and there's nothing worse than realizing, oh, I wish I'd gotten that test and now I didn't. Right. Now I have cancer. Thank you so much, Kawansa and Michelle. We appreciate you coming on our show and sharing this valuable information with us. We also appreciate the work you are doing and continue to do to spread awareness on this issue. And again, guys, I mean... Education is always key, I think, when we, we talk to young people about sex and health and, and, and just being safe. It goes so much further than telling them or just trying to prevent them from having sex at all or trying or trying to act like it's like the apocalypse or something. It's just that has proven over and over again to not work. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about the man-made water fiasco that is actually poisoning the poor in Flint, Michigan, right after this break. Very classy. Ever since.
Hi, this is Sister Virginia Cotton, and I'll take you to that place every Tuesday morning from 6 to 10 in the a.m. on the Gospel Legends program. We'll lift the Savior and take a trip down memory lane. Hi.